Well, welcome to this Commonwealth Club program featuring Michelle Miao and a special guest we have joining us virtually. I'm John Zipper. I'm the Commonwealth Club's Vice President of Media and Editorial, and I have the pleasure of co-hosting Michelle Miao's shows at the Commonwealth Club. Uh, we're doing all of our programming these days virtually. Please join us. You can find out more of what we have scheduled at commonwealthclub.org slash online, and you'll also find opportunities there to help support our virtual programming because we've got a lot of stuff lined up and we're adding more stuff pretty much every day. That's my little pitch for the uh, organization, but now I want to hand off to Ms. Michelle Miao herself. Hey, Michelle. Hey, I love these things. Why didn't we think of this before, you know? Zoom productions and uh, these virtual programs. Just kidding. I actually, I prefer being live, being next to you, being with the audience, and I hope one day we can get there but grateful for this platform. If you're joining us for the first time and you're getting acquainted with the Michelle Miao Show program, it is your A through Z covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between. Our special guest today is a San Francisco favorite. He is a local filmmaker here in San Francisco, but his films have been seen all over the world. Uh, he's best known, I mean, you might know his work, um, Coma the Musical, award-winning, and then, of course, uh, one of my favorites, uh, I, I Am Ghosts. Um, there was one that was, oh, well, anyway, it's H.P. Mendoza. H.P., welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's bitter, bitter Melon. You know what I'm tripping over is that oh. I'm here at home, and next to me, my wife is fermenting daikon for some kimchi. So I'm sniffing that, and I know, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, that's, that's playing with my mind. This film is not called <laughs> Fermented Kimchi. It's Bitter Melon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's, fun you know, what's funny about that, Michelle, is that um, the title for Bitter, Mel Bitter Melon came up because uh, the movie was originally called He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. And um, that was always a working title. Plus, I didn't think the Hollies would let me use that title. But um, as time went on, um, Rich Wong, uh, who was on your show recently, we would just, we would laugh. Um, lovingly at the number of Asian American films that would come out that were kind of the titles were all just exotic Asian food, you know, like, you know, American adobo, the secret ingredient is love, you know? And, um, and I remember someone saying like, you should make a movie that has a food title. I'm like, no, you know, if I ever do one, it would be about the dysfunction of my family and it would be called bitter melon. Cause I hate bitter melon. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, when push came to shove, I it, like the, the final draft of the script came through and I was like, well, we can't call it. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. What if we just for fun called the bitter melon? And then like five drafts after that, it became a theme of the film. So, um, Fermented kimchi might not be far off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had it all in my head. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed that film. That's how we got introduced. I decided to, you know, it'd be great to bring you back on the program because following your social media, I noticed that you actually were living abroad um, right as the COVID-19 thing started happening. And obviously we know that uh, in Asia, you know, it was that people were starting to talk about it. it, it broke out there before it be became declared a pandemic. And um, let's start with that. Like, why were you living abroad? I think you had plans to stay in Japan and then that got interrupted. Yeah, uh, we moved there in April of last year, uh, my husband and I, um, uh, Mark. And, you know, it was one of those things where an opportunity was, um, it was a perfect storm. There was an opportunity to work in Japan. Um, you know, Mark and I used to contract together for this innovation firm called IDEO, and he went full-time, and I stayed 
contracting because if I went full time, I'd never make a movie again. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I kept in good standing with the company so I could contract whenever I could. And so we've been in Tokyo. Um, and it, it, it happened to coincide with the fact that my mom was retiring to the Philippines and I was helping her move there. Um, and yeah, we were supposed to spend some time in Asia. You know, we were looking forward to, you know, maybe even gaming the system a bit because, you know, we had to like, you know, renew our visas and probably gain the system so we could work a little longer in Tokyo and then travel. You know, I've been back and forth in the Philippines too, visiting my mom and, just, you know, doing mom stuff. You know, I, I think I, uh, ever since we both moved to Asia, I've seen her way more times than when we both lived in Colma, you know? <laughs> um, and, and it's because it's such a short flight from Tokyo to the Philippines and it's a really difficult trek from the mission to Colma. So uh, I've been seeing my mom a lot more and what happened was all of a sudden the lockdown happened, you know? And, um, you know, all eyes were on Taiwan, all eyes were on Hong Kong. Um, uh, Duterte locked down, like, I mean, like, he, I don't have to say what Duterte is like, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I will say it is pretty freaky to have, have everything be so militarized and have uh, a shoot-to-kill order, <laughs> um, which, interestingly, I think makes my mom really comfortable because she kind of grew up in that, in that environment. She knows what martial law is like, right? But it also means that I can't take that short flight to, Tokyo, uh, to the Philippines to see my mom. And... The interesting thing was um, generally, and, uh, and I, I, I hung out, I think, with like half, half of my friends in, in, in Tokyo were expats, but I, was, I, I, I actively tried to make some Japanese friends so I could practice my Japanese. And uh, all across the board, the general consensus was, why aren't we talking about COVID-19? You know, why does the media make it look like, oh, you know, no, we, we're doing it right because Japan. You know, like this is just what we do. We're we're great at everything, and don't worry, the Olympics are still happening. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it's it it did fill us with this kind of strange sense of security, even though a lot of us were giving it the side eye. You know, like nah, I don't know. Have you seen the cases nearby? <laughs> you know, like it, 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 everyone else seems to be going through it. Why are we okay? And the Atlantic and a bunch of other major publications started putting out this piece talking about the mysteriously low numbers of COVID cases in. Japan in general. Meanwhile, we had friends visiting from San Francisco who were in Hokkaido who were talking about the cases over there. Side note: that those friends who came to visit those are the last. That was the last of my socialized. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. But anyway, no, no, no. I mean, they were great. I mean, it's great that it was them. But uh, yeah, so what happened was, you know, you, you had the Hokkaido cases, and you had all these other things kind of sprouting up. And uh, no matter what was asked on Japanese Twitter it seemed like there was this sort of general uh, sense of, don't worry about it. We got it. You know, you, you, you got, you're also paranoid. And I think the whole, like, you're also paranoid thing is kind of spread. Right. So when the Olympics were canceled because of COVID-19, it's like, Oh, okay, well, that's interesting. There was no real alarm, you know? And then, then the next day uh, a national state of emergency was declared as if coronavirus had disappeared overnight, you know? And amongst my friends, I can't speak for all Japan, but amongst my friends and what I'm reading on Japanese Twitter, there was this kind of confusion and kind of irritation. You know, it's just like, okay, what do we listen to? All these mixed messages are just telling us one thing and then another. And there's, and this was around the Sakura Festival, the Cherry Blossom Festival. Um, and people were just kind of defying the orders and they were out going out in droves. And, uh, and, and which is one of the reasons that I, I don't know if you saw Michelle, but um, I kind of made that little PSA for, for that Japanese PSA saying, you know, 
stay home. Like, and it's just shots of people wearing masks, but all like within inches of each other, thousands of people walking Tokyo streets. So what was crazy was we were sheltering in place because Mark got really sick and we were kind of freaking out because I'd never seen him that sick before, you know? And then I got sick. And so we, we, sh- we were sheltering in place for six weeks uh, before we had to leave. What happened was IDEO uh, kind of foresaw the lockdown um, and they knew that we had to renew our visas. So their whole thing was, you might be stuck somewhere, you know? So how about we fly you out tomorrow? And we're like, oh, cool. Hey, how about May? Yeah, how about tomorrow? Okay, how about, how about April 27th? Yeah, tomorrow. Okay, how about the 13th? And they were just like really, like really concerned. You know? So it came from a place of real concern, you know? And I think a lot of people would kind of look at the behavior as, as paranoid or over, uh, you know, o- o- overly reactional. Um, but would you say that to London Breed now? So we're, we're grateful. We're grateful. We're, we're back. Little, we were given nine days to pack up and leave. So we're going through like a little bit of like geographical dysphoria. Like, where are we? What time even is it? We're actually ending our Japan quarantine tomorrow, which doesn't change anything because after that, we just go to sheltering in place like everybody else. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're back. It's weird. We're back. You're back. John. So what, what is, let's stick on the, go back to the Philippines for a second. Are you doing like FaceTime or, or Zooming with your mother? And, and what, what is it like there? Yeah, um, you know we're uh, it's some it's we're doing voice calls. Um, she uh, the, the, it's she lives uh, she doesn't live in Manila. She lives pretty far. She's up uh, up in uh, Pangasinan. It's a, she, her she lives in a province. It's, it's it is provincial and um, and it's it's nice, very nice. But sometimes the internet just goes way slow. So we're doing voice calls, and you know we try to do video chats when we can. But uh, yeah, she's uh, you know she 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 wasn't too happy about me leaving Asia because we were really close to each other while we were there. Um, but she does recognize that it's probably better here for, for me. You know, here, here in San Francisco where, I mean, wow, we've, our cases, it's crazy. Like, you know, like I, I spend a lot of time looking, like reading up like the stats for other states and I look at San Francisco and I'm like, wait, there must be an error. Why is everything so low? Um, so I, I like sharing that information with my mom. It makes her feel better. She's doing well in her village because of course they're under extreme, what, what is it? ECQ, extreme, no, enhanced, enhanced community quarantine, um, which just means it's enforced, which, you know, also means that there's a shoot to kill order. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, so every, every you know, it's, I'm, I'm living in Zoom, you guys. I think I mean, you guys <laughs> must be too. Like, like we're living in, my, my life yeah. is split screen, yeah. you know? Well, I, we, we've all become Max Headroom. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, good reference. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I know I try to explain to even family who want to do Zoom and want to get together virtually. And by the end of the week, I'm like Zoomed out where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to see your face through your computer and I don't want to talk to anyone. Um, But anyway, speaking of Zoom, you did this cool video that went viral. Good Morning America picked it up. Uh, It's funny (laughs) as hell. But basically, it's, it features just you and the four video co- quadrants of, you know, Zoom. Um, and you make fun of the whole conferencing experience. And I, I thought it was so hilarious. And it's also so honest how many people actually don't really know how to, you know, use the whole features of Zoom or virtual experience. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I, I was shocked. I posted that and just did not expect it to kind of take off. Like, I've never used the word viral 
um, to uh, apply to anything that I've ever created. And this literally kind of did go viral. And what's interesting about the video is I actually made it a long time ago. Mm. And I, I posted it once on Twitter. And, you know, I probably also didn't like, wasn't playing well with the algorithm because I was posting it from YouTube, which Twitter doesn't like. Um, but it got like, I think like two likes, you know? And I think it's because I was in, I was in a situation where, yeah, I was in Tokyo and I was doing, and all of my clients were in the U.S. at that time. And so I was like working at odd hours and I was like doing everything I could to make myself as professional as I could and had all my notes ready. And then I get on these Zoom calls. I'm like, why is no one ready? You know, like what? There's, there's some dude speaking into a mug and like, there's, you know, there, and there's a guy who's on mute. Um, and so I had to make a video about it. I was like, this is this. Uh, my my filmmaker friends will get this and I posted it and like two or three of my filmmaker friends got it yeah I, I just posted it again because I thought to myself like oh I'm back in zoom land well I'm just gonna retweet this one <laughs> it was literally just like oh why don't let's, let's just put this one out again and like the next morning I was like wait it's in fast company why am I in fast company and for of course like all my designer friends are freaking out on LinkedIn uh, and then all of a sudden it's on Good Morning America. And to this day, it's still getting retweeted. Like, I woke up, I'm like, oh, this tweet has been retweeted by these people. I'm like, oh, wow. That's, so that's what it feels like to go viral. How, how many people have viewed it? Uh, let's take a look. Oh, see, this is, this is one of the great things about doing these shows on Zoom is I can do things like this, like look on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> could, could you play the video <laughs> from um, your end? Or I mean, we got it from our end. We were going to add it into the talk. Uh, oh, I, I can't, yeah. I can't play it from my end because I'm using my phone right now. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but let's see. I mean, please feel free to, uh, to share if you, if, if yeah, you like. Yeah, we're going we'll, we're to play around with it and add it. You sent us the videos. Yeah, here it is. 445,000 views. Oh, my that's, goodness. Uh, that's, more, <laughs> that's more eyes on anything that I've ever created combined. <laughs> that's insane. John. Um, so your, your apartment back in Japan is just sitting there empty. I mean, is the expectation that you, you, you two will be returning there? Do you think? No, I, you know, the, the thing is, um, the original plan was amorphous to begin with. Um, you know, we were, you know, at, at, after a certain point, we were going to play it month by month because, um, because of the work that I have here in the States. Uh, you know, I, I have these projects coming up, you know, all film slash TV projects that would require me to be in Los Angeles. We jinxed it. We started talking about the <laughs> Good Morning America video. And <laughs> there seems to be a delay. There's a little bit of a lag. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. Your call is being joined by Jan. Entering now. Hi, HP. Hey, Jan, how are you? I'm good. There seems to be a little bit of a lag with the conference call, but that's okay. How are you doing? You know, honestly, I'm a lot better now that I have my morning coffee. It's so funny because my husband and I was talking about you. Oh, nope, you go ahead. 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 Boop, 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 boop. Your call is being joined by... Carl, entering now. I hate conference calls. These things never work. No one can hear a word I'm saying. Hello. Hey. Hi, Carl. Good morning, Jan. Good morning, HP. How are you two doing? Good. There seems to be a little bit of a lag with the conference call, but how are you doing? 
not good. I was saying that I couldn't get access to the Google Docs because I don't have access and any sharing access that you guys would to my own Carl, sorry, come and get what? Carl, I'm sorry, Carl. Could you just come a little bit closer to the microphone? It's really kind of echoey. Echoey. Yeah. I was saying that I don't have access to the Google Docs because none of you guys gave me sharing permissions. I'm feeling really insulted. I need access to my own content right now. I'm the copywriter. <laughs> right. Too funny. Anyway, your call is being joined by... Hello? Entering now. Hey everybody, it's David. Morning, Hi, Dave. David. I'm, 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 I'm good. How's everybody today? We're good. There's a little bit of a lag with the conference call, but that should be okay. How are you doing? Dave. Good. I'm oh, no, sorry. Like no, you go ahead. Fiction. Oh, no, you, you go ahead. No, nope, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, nope, you, you go ahead. No, nope, nope, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you um, yeah, give me so, one second. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just gonna check on the router. Sorry, this is like yep. technical difficulties. Wow, it's like that one. Uh, it's like that concert they just happened with the Stones. Hold on. Now, can, am I moving? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think John was saying that this would be the perfect time. Show me the clip. <laughs> that, yeah, we would insert the clip. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? What? A, you know, kind of maybe talk about the differences in your own feelings um because i know you've been in in quarantine since returning from japan but you know what you observed there and kind of how people were responding to it which seems like that's how a lot of people were responding to it initially from around the world and then kind of coming here and then yes we have uh, an incredible mayor incredible governor in my opinion who've handled the coronavirus pandemic uh, as best as they can and much better than a lot of other governors and mayors around the country. Um, but at the same time, you know, you know, this past weekend, we saw tons of people out protesting the whole shelter in place rules uh, across the country, what your thoughts are. Uh, go ahead. Um, so I'll, I'll start with um, what I witnessed in Tokyo which was um, just this kind of, uh, I don't want to say defiance. It wasn't defiance, but it was more like this whole like, okay, well, you know, we, we, we have to go about our business. And so you would still see like hundreds of people on the trains. And and, uh, and we would be, Mark and I would take late night walks just so we could avoid people. And we're like, wow, there's still lots of people out and about. This is kind of freaky, you know? Um, so what we, we were wondering what things were going to be like in San Francisco. And when we learned that people were, actually adhering to the rules we're like oh well that sounds actually very san francisco <laughs> you know um you know yet another thing that we be smug about right we did it right um and uh and so, so when we got back um we landed and it just felt so dystopian because like, like the airport was empty there was one cab just waiting for us you know it was just kind of filling us in. It was like the beginning of an apocalyptic movie, right? Like, like with all this expository dialogue to get the audience to the speed. And this cab driver was that for us. <laughs> and he was just kind of telling us about, like, you know, you know, where, where, where to bring your where to toilet paper, and you know, would you like some Lysol? And uh, what was interesting was we were so used to being in Tokyo, where we were just kind of brushing up against people that. Um, it was just such a drastic change to just be walking down the street and just like like watching people like make like each around you, 
I was like, wow, people are actually adhere, adhering to that. So, you know, there is, it, it, it does feel good uh, to know that people care about safety here, but I know that we live in a bubble, you know? Um, you know what I, what I, I, I don't even know what to say about the protesters. I don't even know what to say about who are defining. Um, uh, we're we're going to, we're in the process of producing another video to go viral. Um, well, yes. <laughs> Well, you know what? Let's talk about the other video you sent us. Okay. It was the sing-along. Oh, yeah. Which I love. And I don't know if we can share that because I don't know if that's an original song or not, but uh, there might be rights issues, right? But uh, tell yeah. us, how, how did that come about? Why did it come about? Um, well, so when that working from home quarantine video went viral, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, well, wow, what, what do most people do with their own stuff when it goes viral they like put like a, a tweet right below saying whoa did not expect this you guys now that you're all here and they promote their own stuff right and um and i know i probably should have promoted my own films um but i was just kind of in this mood i i was trying to get a sing-along going for my birthday which was canceled of course you know um and for my birthday i was looking forward to going to this karaoke bar in tokyo with a bunch of my friends and singing mr blue sky by uh elo and didn't happen. So I kind of made this sing along. I put a, put a call out for anybody who wants to sing along with me. And um, yeah, so that caught on because of the other video. You know, I totally, you know, gamed that. And I got a bunch of submissions. And yeah, I, uh, I edited the video. I edited everyone's submissions together on the plane from Tokyo to San Francisco. So when I landed, I had a video to post. Wow. Wow. Well, we, um, we, we heard earlier that you had some projects coming up. Uh, love to hear, you know, obviously those are, those plans are put on hold, but your perspective of the film industry, how it's been impacted by COVID-19 and what it might even look like if you even have, you know, the, the thoughts or maybe, yeah, any ideas of what it might look like after the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, after the pandemic. Those are just or what does nice, that mean? Nice right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what if that if we're going to get over this anytime soon. Yeah, at the end, we're in Colorado with the rest of the survivors of the stand. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no swinging back to something, right? It's kind of like after 2016, there was no swinging back for the country. It's like we're all pivoting, constantly changing course. And um, I think in this case here with the film industry. Um, we're also kind of like feeling our way through and, and not everyone, not everyone succeeding at the experiments. And that's okay. That's what experiments are for. Like you should be allowed to fail. Right. Um, you have a lot of people trying to stream a lot of things to, uh, to, to make up for, um, you know, lost, lost butts in seats and theaters and whatnot. Like NBC universal did a pretty amazing thing by putting their spate of theatrical films, you know, online available for people to watch. So, you know, like last night I just watched the invisible man, um, and it was great to watch, but it was, there was something interesting about it because, um, it did, f I mean, I, I, I love the film, but I did feel like, wow, I just paid $19, which is more than a movie ticket, but I guess I'm paying for the fact that I'm watching it in my own home, but it, that's a diminished experience for me. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not a plus that I get to watch it at home, you know? Um, and so what you have is that you have a bunch of film festivals kind of following suit. Let's also do the same thing and put our film festivals online. Um, 
but the difference is at a film festival, it feels festive. You know, you have people who've curated for you, you have people hosting the screenings, people getting on stage talking about it, Q&As with the filmmakers. There's something festive that feels like everybody has this shared experience. But when you just put a link out there, I don't know who I'm watching it with, you know? I might be alone at that moment while someone else, while my friends who also have the same link are watching it like late at night. Um, so th th that's one thing that's happening there, like on the distribution slash pr uh, presentation side. On my side, um, on my side, it's interesting because um, you know I'm working on a couple of projects with Rich. Um, you know, we're working uh, working on a, a a movie and a TV show, two separate things, and some of my other clients who I'm writing for and and potentially directing for all of a sudden are recognizing that maybe these scripts should be Corona ready, you know? Um, and that is a real thing because one of the scripts that I'm writing is this, you know, action horror film that all takes place in one super packed nightclub, you know? And if they're looking to go into production anytime soon, we should rethink that, you know? And luckily, it's not like the it's not like the theme of the movie is not, uh, is nightclubs. You know, it's it's luckily actually anything else that I think of that could replace a nightclub might suit it better. But that's that's luck. I mean, what about the people who have epics coming out? What about the people who maybe have, um, you know, like musicals coming out? You know, what, what's that going what's what's that going to look like? So I don't know. It's again after the pandemic. What does that mean? Right, right. Well, we we'll, we know that if it's anybody that can pull off you know anything creative and small budget or microscopic i think it's the word that you've used it's you it's you and rich you could kind of you know uh tell stories without having to do too much john well i mean when i first when i'm thinking of, of the uh, movie industry during these times I, I think well how is it different and i don't mean how is it as a challenge different but i mean how is it different from those of us who you know go to work every day in an office and have you know very structured where you have a lot of folks who are similar to gig workers, though some of them are in unions, you know, it's like, is, are, are the people in the movie industry doing any better or worse than, you know, those of us working in offices or working in stores and things like that? What's, what's your take on that? Um, I've just been seeing a lot of posts from my friends who work um, those jobs who literally are just like, yeah, I don't know if I have a job after this. Yeah. Luckily for them, there there a lot of them, and these are just my friends. A lot of them are, are contractors. So you know, once things clear up, the jobs will come back. You know, um, but I do have a couple of friends who work within the studio system. They're just like, I guess I'm a freelancer now. I haven't done this for a while. Wow. You know, and uh, and I feel them. I know. I, I I regardless of the industry, I know what it's like to you know, um, be under the safe net of a, of a salary check and then suddenly having to go freelance, you know? Um, but I mean, you know, once, you know, after the pandemic, I mean, the jobs will be there. So, I mean, and entertainment, we're, it's being proven now that entertainment is more essential than ever, <laughs> you know, like people need it. People are binging like crazy. And uh, there's a friend of mine, Abby Don, who said something about like the whole, you know, going permanent versus staying freelance. She was like, you know, you, you just choose what works for you in the moment because it depends on the illusion you want. Do you want the illusion of security or do you want the illusion of freedom? And, uh, you know, it's because it's, it's funny when I look at the people who are working in the studio system that I know versus the freelancers, I'm like, you guys are doing the exact same amount of work, you know? Um, so once things clear up, and I don't, I don't know what that means. Apparently, it, which, this is crazy to me. Some of the projects that I'm working on, they're talking about going into production like in a couple of months, which, cool, I hope. 
you know, yeah. I'd better, I'd better write some social distancing into these scripts. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think there's going to be like a little bit of an entertainment boom. I sense that there's going to be like a boom for animation, you know, where you have people just like working remotely to begin with. Uh, what do you think is the, would be the pro- protocol um, if there are, you know, makeout scenes and stuff in movies now, do you, are you going to walk around with like a, a thermometer? Um, do they have to bill, bring a bill of health, you know, to make sure yeah. that they're, <laughs> they, they can do kissing scenes? Oh yeah, kiss through a mask. <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I, everything I say at this point is probably it's just like this is like throwing spaghetti on the wall to seeing what sticks, right? This is a brainstorm. This is all conjecture. But, you know, well, one can see a protocol in which you cast people and you quarantine them before you even start production, right? Uh-huh. You, you, you do it total like Lord of the Rings style where Peter Jackson just had like all the actors together for a while and just living with each other, you know, uh, for the length of the production. And I mean, that's a bad example. That's like a huge three-year production. But I, I do wonder what that might mean for lower budget affairs like I do where like my movies cost like $10, you know, um, or, or just, you know, independent filmmakers in general, what does that, what does that mean when these extra precautions require you to kind of put people up, right? Like you're making, you're, you'd have to make people live with each other, but um, how else are you going to get that makeout scene? You know, yeah. how else are you going to get those scenes in which like, how, how are you going to do the friends reunion? You know? So I, I, I can see, I can see that working, but you might, it might be relegated to higher budget affairs. Oh my, this is like the resurrection of MTV's real world. Yeah, if, right? If we, if we go that route, because uh, then that, that, you know, you've got content there too. So the making of this movie and then the actual movie. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I, do, uh, I, I do wonder if uh, uh, we're going to start seeing some more like split screen stuff. Like you, you guys, did you guys see that concert that just came up uh, with Lady Gaga and the Stones and... Uh, Celine Dion. I read about it, but I but I did not tune in. But that looks pretty cool. So they use what was the technology behind that? It was literally kind of what we're doing right now. You know, yeah. it's I mean, it's uh, there's not much more you can do because really people just you know have to perform. Um, I mean, it was I mean it was much higher budget, of course, because we're talking about J Lo and Celine Dion. So of course they have like you know, look at this squalor I live in. This is not Celine Dion's <laughs> house, you know. Um, but uh, but I'm just wondering if we might start seeing more things like that or, or if we might start seeing um, more sort of monologue based things, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I have been seeing a lot of theater that's being broadcast, which I think is pretty cool. And I wonder if that'll affect like what, let's say people like Netflix might do next. Might we, might, might we see like a big red N logo over the vagina monologues? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we start championing things that have fewer people on screen at the same time, you know? Right, right. Well, I, you know, I, I really wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, as being a filmmaker, seeing how this um, might play out, how it's impacted you. And, and it sounds like, you know, wherever you are in the world, we're going through pretty similar, pretty scary, uh, pretty scary time. And the best that we can do is really just lean on each other and get through this uh, with all the guidelines that they're giving us. Yeah. I, I, I do think, um, there's, uh, there's an attention to solidarity right now that I think people kind of used as sort of buzzwords for even previous things, right? Like, the, I mean, that was Clinton's campaign, right? Stronger together, 
Um, but there's something different about it this time. This isn't just about solidarity. I think it's more about being civic minded now, you know, which we always should have been. But I think there are a lot of people who didn't really know what that meant. Right. I think there's, uh, there's something to be said about collectivism. Um, kind of, you know, screw your individuality for a moment. You know, <laughs> let's think about who those two or three uh, percent uh, are that we're referring to when we say the, who those people are that might, you know, that, that are the most susceptible. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I promised you I wouldn't get too heavy earlier and I won't, but I just, I, I, I do think that um, we're stronger together, you know, in 2016 was about like, we're stronger together, let's fight them, you know? I think now, it, that, that's not the message at all now. Now it's like, look, do you wanna live? <laughs> do, you want, do, do, you, do, you, do you have people in your life that do belong to that demographic that are susceptible? then maybe you should think about putting aside that thing that you think you need so much and just stay put. John, any last questions for HP? Um, no, I mean, not wanting to get too serious, I, I won't head further into the political uh, discussions. Uh, let me just ask, you, you mentioned binging before. Are you taking this time to binge watch anything? And if so, any recommendations? Um, you know, what's interesting is I haven't really had too much time to binge anything, mostly because uh, the clients that I've had, um, and this is a good thing, the clients I've had, they're just, they, they're just rolling forward with all the business. So like I, I, I had a day off when I landed from, <laughs> from Tokyo. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I, I am not complaining about that. I'm kind of complaining from jet lag, but, um, but it's a good thing. Uh, so, you know, th there, there comes a time when you're like, okay, do I cave into what everyone's watching right now? because I don't want spoilers as people post them. So, of course, I'm watching Tiger King, you know? Tiger <gasps> are, 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 are you watching it? No, I, I'm, I'm refusing to, but I was like, I hope he's not, he's not watching Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> and that's only because I find, you know, people's description of what it is to be like, I would never watch that. Why is everyone watching that? But... You're a filmmaker. You might have some good insight as to why it's good TV right now. Um, uh, it's it's good TV, and when I say it like that, like you know, the the phrase "good TV" doesn't always mean good. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's it's definitely engrossing, and it's really it's really it's really easy to just binge that thing because it's just like, oh, these people are despicable. What do they do next, right? Um, but. And, and I get why people are, are getting really into that. Okay, so, I, so so just to back up for a second, I do want to make a statement about something. Like it's the the concert that just happened. You know, it, it's it's a real fun time to poke fun at celebrities right now, right? Like you know, when, when you have like Madonna sitting in her bathtub with rose petals, talking about how COVID is the great equalizer, while she has like four forty five hundred dollars worth of like moisturizer around her. No, she's not making a very good statement, right? Um, so of course, of course, rightfully so, she was torn apart on the internet, right? And then, uh, and then you have like you know uh, Selena Gomez and all these other celebrities kind of making their tone deaf statements. And then, of course, you have this one light concert that just happened, where everyone's, you know, John Legend is performing, J Lo is uh, doing a cover of Barbara Streisand's "People." Um, and of course, this morning everyone was tearing it apart because right? um, it is—it's fun to do that, right? But I do think that. When you look at who's tearing it apart, it's like, oh, well, these are other shows tearing them apart for how tone deaf they are. But what really, what, what, what I'm looking at is, I don't know, I'm just looking at another catty person 
who's just as thirsty for likes and retweets by making these catty statements about these celebrities. And I kind of think to myself, like, you know, we don't always have to be haters. It was so great. To, to me, it was great that Colbert opened the show and said, look, we're not asking for money. This is not like a telethon. This isn't a pledge. We just want to do this. And I, 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 while I do laugh at some of the stuff that I saw in that concert, because there was, I was like, man, it is such a display of wealth. You should just like, just check out some of the videos and just like look at the digs they live in. It's like, oof, man, you live in a palace. Like Citizen Kane, it's crazy. Anyway, at the same time, I'm like, it's nice to watch something like this after Tiger King because after every episode of Tiger King, I'm like, I just, I need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I might give in because HP says so. And um... You'll need a shower. I need a shower. <laughs> well, thank you for taking some time to check in with us. You know, I saw that video uh, that got retweeted, made made it all the way to Good Morning America, and I was looking at other people's Zoom conferences um, that I got to join in on, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And so thank you for bringing us some laughs during this pretty difficult time, and I'm glad you're back in the Bay and we look forward to any new stuff that you got going on. We know you're going to, you're going to do real well. Here's hoping after the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Thank you guys.